0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more
1: about spirituality and how it can work in your favor... Would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson.
2: Welcome to Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson, and today we're very excited to feature art therapy along with a licensed creative art therapy expert and mental health professional, Mary Ann Gunther. Welcome to the show, Mary Ann. Thank you,
3: James. Happy to be here.
2: Okay, Mary Ann is a New York State licensed creative art psychotherapist with over 20 years of service to children, adolescents, and families facing challenging and traumatic life events. She maintains a private practice and is a staff member at a medical center offering individual and group art therapy for patients on the medical detoxification unit. Fueled by her commitment to supporting children and families facing grief, she also facilitates bereavement groups for a caring hand. Marianne completed her BFA at the School of the Museum of Fine Arts, Tufts University, and her Master's in Art Therapy from Pratt Institute. And she's currently enrolled at the Institute for Expressive Analysis. So, Boy, that's a mouthful. But basically, Marianne is a very, very gifted artist who's using her talents to help people heal. And one of the missions of this show, Get Real Radio, is to bring to the public's attention cutting-edge healing modalities that they may not be aware of. And so perhaps they can take advantage of this wonderful, wonderful healing modality. So, Marianne, you know, there are so many things I want to ask you. I guess I should just start with, tell us a little bit about your background and and your personal and professional development.
3: In three words or less?
2: Oh, well, we got a few minutes. Take your time.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, I've always been a very creative person. I uh, guess... It all started when I was very little. I grew up in a large family, and my mom was very creative at getting keeping us busy. And I guess the most vivid memory I have is her cooking a meal for seven people and me underneath and her passing me potato peels. And I would take these peels and make designs on the refrigerator and, look, Mommy. And, of course, she was, oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> so in in many ways, I would say that I... Learned, or I, I was given the permission to make a mess, uh, wow. from my from my mom especially, and then from there, just really um, continuing to be very passionate about creating art and finding how art would often give me a space, like a safe place to go to, uh, throughout my life. And then from there, I went on to school, graduate school. Well, actually backing up, uh, I went to, had the great opportunity of going to a, a really exceptional high school, and I had an exceptional high school art teacher. And he then, Lenny Beecher from the Emma Willard School, and he really inspired me to continue my studies. And I went to Boston where I was studying painting at the Museum School, also Museum School of Fine Arts, um, and it was during that time that I took a class on creativity and development, and I met this my first art therapist, this lovely woman, um, now a very good friend of mine, Susan Kaplan, who introduced me to uh, art therapy. She was a graduate student at Lesley College, and that was my first introduction to the idea of art being a therapeutic modality. And then from there, I started, you know, I was in my 20s, and things were happening in my life, and I decided to do my own therapy. And I started working with Safira Linden, who's the creator and founder of Omega Theater. She was actually, she is a drama therapist. And so that really opened up that whole uh, idea of not just making something outside of myself, but discovering uh discovering my the life within me and the creativity and and my unconscious you know beginning to explore that world um and from there I gosh I don't let's see uh basically and the other big turning point for me was the question of what you know I always knew that art and making art was incredibly gratifying and, and really, uh, um, rewarding. But then doing it with someone else, so helping or, or being connected with someone else, that expanded it even further. And so then I was at a point, turning point where I was, was whether I was going to be an art educator, uh, or an art therapist. And for me, at that time, and it's interesting because it was at the same time that Betty Edwards was publishing um, "Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain." It was like the late '80s, and it was all these um, these um, sort of um, discoveries about just very, very new discoveries about the brain and about um, creativity. And so I decided I was more interested in in helping someone discover themselves. So I was more interested in the therapeutic uh uh journey. And so then I I proceeded to um go to apply and was accepted at Pratt Institute and um here in Brooklyn and I studied with uh Dr. Art Robbins, Elaine Rapp, um and it was a very experiential and very powerful experience. I jumped right in. And immediately started doing internships in hospitals. And, um, and then from there, I've stayed in New York and my, my career has taken me in many different places. And, um, and what I've always found is that it doesn't really matter who or what that the creative process is, is really something that everyone, I think, can benefit from.
2: Well, let's get to it. And You are uh, helping people in very profound and fundamental ways with your creative art psychotherapy. What exactly is art therapy?
3: Glad you asked. Uh, and by the way, this is very easy to look up if you Google what is art therapy. It'll lead you to the American Art Therapy Association website, which if anyone's interested and finding out more, I lead you to the American Art Therapy, um, and that's very simply www.arttherapy.org. So art therapy, and it's since expanded, uh, but the the basic definition is uh, it is a mental health profession uh, and process that uses creative art therapy or creative process of art making to improve and enhance the physical, mental, and emotional well-being of individuals of all ages. It's based on the belief that the creative process involved in artistic self-expression helps individuals to resolve conflicts and problems, develop interpersonal skills, manage behavior, reduce stress, increase self-esteem, improve self-awareness, and achieve insight. And what's also exciting now is that we have all kinds of creative arts. So there's dance therapy, dance movement therapy, music therapy, psychodrama, poetry. And I don't know if this is a good time to, to talk about it, to talk about what's happening right now in the media, Um should I speak about that now, or?
2: Of course, it's your show. You can talk about whatever you like.
3: <laughs> right. Well, what's right now? National Geographic has just uh, um, published an amazing article about healing soldiers and uh, and the use of art therapy at the Walter Reed Institute in Washington, D.C. And it's, uh, I'm trying to find a link to that, of course, not but anyway, so it's National Geographic Healing Soldiers. It's a beautiful photojournalist article, and it shows uh, masks that were made by individuals who have returned from war, and mask making, and how uh, it's just very powerful and very moving, especially when you think about these individuals who have risked their lives and gone through so many atrocities and how this process really gives them voice to something that otherwise couldn't really be spoken about. Um,
2: okay, so yeah. all they have to do is Google National Geographic and masks and healing, and they can. Uh, the listeners can find a whole article on how this art therapy is helping uh, veterans. Is, is that correct? Yeah,
3: it's, uh, yeah, it's National Geographic... Here it is, www.nationalgeographic.com, Healing Soldiers.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. I know that there are a lot of returning vets who could use all the help and support they can get. Um, one thing I was wanted to ask you is do people have to believe in this kind mm-hmm. of therapy in order for it to work?
3: I don't think so. That's, that's an interesting question, believe in art therapy. I mean, what I always, I will say again and again, I don't do art. I don't know how to draw. I can't do this. And so what I often say to people is, can you rip a piece of paper? <laughs> they look at me like right. <laughs> So, no, I don't think you have to believe. I think, and I think, in fact, and this is what's interesting about the history, too, about art therapy. Is I think it's our human nature to want to express. And I often think that, that very often we'll see, you know, it's amazing. You'll watch someone destroy something and it's because they're trying to express something. Um, and, and I also, especially it's what's really interesting, I think, is we live in this overly documented digitized world where everyone's pulling up their phone to take a picture of themselves. Right. But yeah. I think we've lost something in the process. And that to me, I, I believe strongly. We're losing the connection of being present and just looking, just really looking, whether it's just really looking at yourself in the mirror or looking up at the sky and also getting your hands into it. I think making a mess, um, is really, is really important. And I, I, again, again, I see when I, I encourage, especially the most resistant ones to just make a mess and you can rip it up and you can throw it away and nobody else has to see it. Um, It really kind of gives them permission, something that they haven't really had in a while. I think it's about about playing. It's about really giving permission to to play, make it up. Um, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, that leads to the obvious question is, why does making or creating art heal people?
3: Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, wow. So, geez. Well, what's really, again, very exciting is now we have science catching up with us. So, you know, as a non, you know, it's just as myself, I would say um, art heals because it expresses and contains. So there's a couple of things that it does. Um, you express something so it's outside of you and then you can see it. And then it's containing whatever is happening for you in the moment. And then I would say even third, it holds the memory. So, uh, which I believe that we all have this yearning for legacy to be remembered and to leave an imprint.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, is it, do you think it's the process of just simply creating something that somehow has an impact on our physical bodies that I know you were talking about the returning veterans with their PTSD and you know their psychological problems Um, but the creative process uh, I guess actually can help heal more physical ailments as well
3: absolutely and let me go back to what I said about science so again, um, there's a wonderful ABC uh, News online uh, news. It's a, it's actually a little dated, but it's Gabby Gifford, uh, who, as we know, was the senator who was shot. And it's a my warning is to bring a big box of tissues when you watch this because it's called uh, Gabby Gifford finding finding her voice through music therapy. So science, so neurologically, we know that what's happening when people when people have a trauma, what shuts down is the, the area of the brain that rules our, um, our speaking, our verbal, verbalization, the left side of the brain. But so the art therapies, music, art, drama, accesses the right side of the brain. So, um, and, and so whether it's music, and music therapy is, is extremely powerful because it actually, you see actually in the, in the video clip, um, Miss Gifford singing. She can't speak, but she can sing her answer. It's very powerful. So music um, helps her get back to speaking. Um, which we know this. You know, I used to be a preschool teacher, and that's the first. You know, we start singing ABCs, and you know that's how children learn. Um, you know, learn to. You know, they learn to speak through singing. We learn to remember things through you, know, you have a little tune, and you can remember something. And then the same thing I would say with example of the mask making is that there were no words for, you know, there's no, you can't say what's happening, but you can, you can show the face. You can show your face. You can show the mask that you keep up or, um, creates a symbol. And so, and that's another deep aspect of this work is a symbolic process.
2: Wow. Well, we've got a lot to talk about, but we're going to have to take a short break right now. (laughs) This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking with Marianne Gunter, who does creative art therapy, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening.
4: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. voice america presents a new kind of health awareness talk show the sharon kleina hour health environment and the power of water show host sharon kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world every show offers new information that could save your life The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. On the morning of August 5th, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Goodnight, Night, Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio.
4: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mr. James Media at gmail.com. That's mr. James Media at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
2: And welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And today we're talking with Marianne Gunther, who is a certified creative art psychotherapist and we were talking before the break on some of the things that creative art therapy can help people with. And I just wanted to ask Marianne, what kinds of things does your work help people with? I mean, what are the, what's the range of healing that it does? Sure.
3: Well, as you can see, I, and that's probably, one of the things I like is I'm never uh, bored. I have a real range. So what I mean by that is I work in a variety of different settings. So so in my private practice, what I do is I really – I founded my, my, pro, my practice, Listening Art New York, as um, an opportunity for me to really create a safe nurturing space for individuals and families to uh, – rediscover the joy of creativity and symbolic self-expression. So, And and actually, the first thing I did was I started a group for women going through divorce. And admittedly, I was motivated because of my own divorce. Um, And what I really saw, my vision at that time was, who am I and how can this crisis, so to speak, transform me? So rather than being defined by the outside, how can I take this and transform it and discover a new aspect of myself? And I found that the women that joined the group, um, that it really helped them uh, discover, empower themselves and and move through uh, the pain and loss of a relationship and define themselves in a new way. And I think in essence, that's what a lot of what I do in my work is that, you know, we really can't change what happens. And in fact, one of what we do know most in life is the only thing we know for sure is that nothing is for sure. <laughs> that things are constantly changing. And so being able to, uh, to be soft with ourselves and to accept our shortcomings and to move through the moment. And I think the art making of helps, uh, of all that. I don't know if that makes sense. but Certainly. I
2: mean, uh, I know that there's a lot of benefits from using the right side of your brain or the creative side of your brain that um, perhaps trauma or illness uh, can have some detrimental effects on. But does this work on everybody?
3: Oh, so if... Does it work on everyone? <laughs> um, I would say, like anything, it's up to the individual to make the choice. So it's, it's really an invitation. It's an invitation. So in my individual work and in my private practice work, um, it's, it's really whatever the person brings, we work on that together. But I'm always, and often will happen, people will sort of, uh, you know, project On to me, like, what am I going to do for them? Um, and I think this, there's, there's a lot to this. I think there's a whole medical model of, you know, you know, uh, take two pills and call me in the morning. I, I really believe, at least certainly the way I, my approach is more of the growth. This is a, this is my training is actually based on, um, object relations, uh, psychoanalytic technique, which is, really uh, it's a relationship and so within that relationship the person we create a safe trusting professionally um, safe relationship where the person um, can trust the consistency of me to be present and to um, hold the space for them to really get to know themselves. So, no, not everybody's ready for that. That takes actually you have to be a pretty um uh, pretty grounded person um and even in my own journey, there were times that I had to back away and come back but i but um so it takes a, a someone who's committed and invested in getting to know themselves and taking responsibility for them
2: well, you have a pretty broad practice. I know that you have. Uh, art psychotherapy sessions for adults and adolescents and you have art psychotherapy sessions for children you have family art psychotherapy sessions and you have group art psychotherapy sessions so it's it it does if people are ready it sounds like it's pretty much for everybody
3: yes and, and that ebbs and flows by the way like currently right now I'm mostly seeing individual adults um so it's at a case, you know, as needed and people call and, and sometimes it's short term, sometimes it's long term, depends on the individual and the family. Um,
2: well, let's ju- um one thing I'd love to know is some success stories. Could you sure. tell us about some of your success stories?
3: Absolutely. And actually, one of the most delightful things about this exhibition that I'm hosting right now at Center for Remembering and Sharing is that uh, three individuals I've worked with uh, very graciously offered their artwork and testimonies. So one one story that I really do enjoy sharing and the individual um, offered her testimony is a young woman I worked with who at the time was going through a divorce, and she... Um, she really in. She, she's she was very comfortable with making art, and she. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a testimony.
2: That's okay. Um, how did? How, how has she benefited from the art therapy? Let's give me a sec. Here
3: we go. Here we go. All right. So in her own words, she says – so if you don't mind, I'm going to actually read what what she says. Go ahead. Um, I had just gotten divorced. I felt defeated, devastated, and never experienced so much turmoil in my life. Since I am comfortable expressing myself visually, uh, working with Mary Ann was a good fit. In the beginning of our work together, I lacked confidence and couldn't identify or articulate any of my feelings. I didn't really know what a, quote, personal boundary was, let alone have any. Through making art and talking with Marianne, I began a path of reflection and self-expression, which strengthened my ability to see destructive patterns in my relationships. I began to recognize how the relationship I was in at the time was unhealthy for me. It took time, but armed with the insight I gained through our sessions, I ended the relationship. Um. Through the safe space and encouragement I received from Marianne, I rediscovered who I am and how I wish to be loved, to love and be loved. And I'd say the greatest success of the story is that she actually reached out to me like a year later and let me know um, that she was currently in a very rewarding relationship that combined uh, her interests, like they, they were doing creative projects together and so she says, I'm now in a healthy, loving relationship and doing the work I love and enjoying positive interactions with friends and families. And, you know, this is like a total dream come true. She says, I can safely say I'm the happiest I ever remember being. <laughs> so that's that, sort of a big success story.
2: Um, wow. that I know that must be very gratifying.
3: Yeah. Tell us right, about
2: uh, the Center for Sharing that you mentioned.
3: Sure. So... Center for Remembering and Sharing is located just south of Union Square. And um, really, it was, I needed a, at that time, I was, um, my, I had had an office in the neighborhood, but unfortunately the building was sold, the rent had gone up, and we all know this. And I was looking for a space to rent by the hour. And a good friend of mine recommended the Center for Remembering and Sharing. So I started renting this space, and I really loved the environment. And it's basically a spiritual center based on a course of miracles. And the director of the center, Yasuko Kasaki, uh, who's just an incredible visionary, and also Chris P- um, Pelham, who's the... Uh, director, uh, they had invited me to have an exhibition of my paintings and also examples of, of art therapy, of individuals uh, work. And so what I, I have to say that really I just, to me, it was just, you know, it's one of those places you don't really realize you're there and it feels really very comfortable, very safe and very healing and and then after being there I realized that it really is a center for remembering and sharing. And it comes actually from uh I guess a statement in the Course of Miracles, which is to remember you are, are to remember your spirit, not body. And so when you remember that you're spirit, then you can have limitless access to all the gifts and share them with others. I didn't really, I know, I didn't know that. That sounds
2: like a wonderful place, but Marianne, we have a caller on hold
3: that wants to
2: ask you a question.
3: Sure.
2: So let's get her on the line.
3: Okay,
2: thank you. Hello. Hey
1: there. Uh, This is Pat Brown calling. Okay. I um am an art therapist also and um I had the pleasure uh and gratitude of actually coming up to see um Marianne's show at the center. Um it's in a great location just south of Union Square. Um I was wondering what um, Marianne's thinking about she, what how she's going to be using her work now. Um, like what's her approach with, you know, the k- kind of people she wants is going to focus on and um, what
2: the week are going forward. Thank you, okay. Marianne.
3: Okay. Well, thank you, Pat. That's a great question. Uh i so. It's a really good question, and I have so many ideas and possibilities. I think moving forward, the work that I really would like to bring forward is bringing together art and meditation and beginning to offer workshops for, um, for really anyone who is interested in their own creativity or is perhaps feeling stuck. I'm also very interested in offering opportunities for other caregivers, other uh, therapists or people who help other people to begin to access and tap into their own um, creativity so i'm I'm uh really excited about um, offering art and meditation series uh at the center
2: okay well, could you talk a little bit more about meditation
3: sure um Absolutely. Uh, So I guess I'll start with my own practice. Uh, So I, and I I mentioned this actually in the show, when you're looking at the paintings, there's a lot of uh, sky and landscape as well as portraits. Uh, From a very young age, I experienced the phenomena of looking and drawing. And I remember very vividly the shift that happened to me when, I was trying to draw something, and I had this wonderful teacher who said, "Just look, just look, look again and I began to stop looking at my drawing and just bringing my eyes up and gazing at whatever and trusting my hand and And in my meditation practice, I do something called um Prajna Paramita. Also open eye meditation, which is, uh, it's known as sky meditation where you open up and you look at the sky. And I didn't realize the connection actually until just now, <laughs> but what the experience, the phenomena is touching deeply to my ground of being and settling down and relaxing deeply into the state of, of being, which is really nothingness and also everything. And there's something about when I open my eyes to the sky and, um, as staring out into space and it's really relaxing the eyes, really, really relaxing and opening up. There's this, um, incredible sense of rejuvenation and deep, uh, relaxation. It's The only word I can really, it's just a very deep nurturing experience. um, and I wanted to convey that in my paintings um, for the show.
2: Well, do you use meditation um, for your practice, in your practice, for your clients and patients?
3: <laughs> it, again, it's it's um, oftentimes, again, it's, I would never force anything on anyone. Um, and if someone – I do – what I will often offer to people is stress reduction techniques, and I um, want to put in a little plug here for mindfulness talk a little bit about Jon Kabat-Zinn's work. Um, as we know, he's a great, a great um, visionary, and he started the mindfulness program in Massachusetts. And one of his students, Amy Gross, here in New York City, teaches a class on mindfulness and mindfulness-based stress reduction at the Open Center. And I, I studied with Amy. And so a lot of it is just what, I, what I'll be doing. I won't even be talking about it. But when I'm in a session with someone, I'm just really watching their breath and listening to my, you know, listening to their breathing and just starting to very non-verbally match my breath with theirs. And without saying anything, bringing in that deep relaxation into the room.
2: Okay, we're gonna have to stop for a break right now, Marianne. Okay. And am sorry that we have to interrupt because I you know it's so fascinating to me how medical science and mm. therapy and spirit work and meditation work can all come together and heal the patient. But we're gonna come right back. This is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking with Marianne Gunther.
4: the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college, and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco, Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing?
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mr. James Media at gmail.com. That's mr. James Media at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we've been talking with Marianne Gunther, who is a certified art therapy. Uh, specialist, and she's been telling us about all of the wonderful benefits and and aspects of art therapy, psychotherapy. So, Marianne, tell us a little bit about your pra- your private practice and and what you do for people, and and what kind of uh, you know whether or not art pe- people can take advantage of art therapy on their own.
3: Okay. Certainly. My practice is located, as we said earlier, it's it's just south of Union Square at uh, Center for Remembering and Sharing, and uh, individuals are encouraged to contact me. They can they can call me. You can visit my website at listeningartnewyork.com, and I offer uh, a 30-minute phone call uh, free of charge just to really listen and hear what's happening, and then when you come in, um, You know, individuals come in and and continue to, uh, get to know and explore and see how I can, um, work and help with whatever's happening. Um, in addition, I am going to be starting groups as well. And so I just invite people to visit my website. I'll be posting announcements about upcoming workshops, uh, offering art and meditation.
2: Okay. Well, walk us through a session. I mean, if somebody has an emotional problem or a physical problem and they come to see you, what can they expect?
3: Certainly. So, basically, I offer uh, art materials. Mostly I will listen and um, oftentimes I'll invite the person, if they're comfortable drawing, uh, just to select art materials Um and put an image down. Uh, if they need a directive, I will offer one. Um, and oftentimes the materials that people choose tell me a lot about what's happening. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll move from there. So, um, for example, um, when someone picks, uh, a pencil, you know, that to me, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a, tool that shows that that person wants to feel um, in control. They want to have the option of erasing something. Um, so right away, it shows me that there may be some tentativeness. They want to feel safe. Um, whereas if someone walks in and grabs a big marker, you know, um, there's a, that's a bolder, a much bolder, uh, braver choice. And Then, of course, scissors, scissors are very powerful because they cut and separate, so that could, that could very, you know, that's a very strong statement. So these are very subtle little ways that I begin to learn about the person when, just by the materials they'll choose.
2: Okay, well, after somebody picks up a pencil, what happens after that?
3: (laughs) Uh hopefully they put it on the paper. <laughs> right. and, and um they begin to draw if that's what they're comfortable with. Uh yeah, so so there's different things I may ask a person to do, uh different directives like the classic um uh draw, you know, draw a person or draw a tree. Um there's actually specific diagnostic uh techniques that are used. Um and and so really, you know, the sessions go quickly. Uh, I offer a 50-minute session. And so there's sort of a, um, you know, I'll offer some time for the person to express themselves, and then we'll um, we'll bring a session to the close. And another sort of classic, again, back to the brain, is after the person expresses, so let's say they draw a mountain, okay, a mountain with a setting sun. And so uh, they finished the drawing. And so then I'll ask them, you know, if you were to give this a title or a name, what would you call it? And so in essence, we're doing two things. It's the nonverbal, it's the image. And then asking someone to name something is the left brain. So it's bringing the two together. And naming it also is a way of claiming it and making right, it their right. own. Uh-huh.
2: So does the healing take place quickly or is it more of a long-term process?
3: Uh, I think, again, it depends. Uh, see, I just think that, I don't know. I mean, I think there's just, I think we go through cycles. And I think that, that um, I mean, I have had people come in and work with me very specifically and very briefly, and they do feel better and And then they'll go on, you know, and I've had other I've worked with other individuals now where it's just like we're, we're getting deeper and deeper, and it's taking more time and i I also think what happens is people come in with this notion, and this this is actually a this is a good thing to speak about. There's two things going on. there's the the wonderful uh soothing and rewarding aspect of art as therapy, and this is actually deep than the history of this profession. That feeling of art as therapy. And it's almost an immediate people, once they get into it, they feel really good. And, and so then they'll look to continue to make more art. And then the more, then there's the aspect of the art is, it's more of a deeper self discovery and a a journey of self growth and introspection and understanding oneself. And to me, that's a lifelong journey and a commitment. So that there's many aspects to like different stages of our lives. And so who I thought I was, you know, at one stage, it shifts and changes. And the, so the art will change with that. I don't know if that answers sure. Before.
2: Yes, of course. Let me ask you this. One thing I'm really interested in and in, in, in my practice, and I know that I hope I'm bringing some information to people how to help the children of the world.
3: Sure. Because,
2: uh, the one thing I notice is that you're very involved with helping children. And uh-huh. so could you tell us a little bit about what you can do for children, the types of problems that are you know they have that you can really you know, that you know that you're effective in helping them deal
3: with? Certainly. i and I definitely, as you know, I'm very passionate about the caring hand, which is the uh, it's a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to Um, supporting children and their families who've experienced loss. and um, But in general, children, I really feel that art and play, play is children's work. And so really encouraging a child and creating a safe place for children to play and express themselves. You know, they they are our future. And I think the more that we can allow them to feel safe and express themselves in appropriate ways and to have an opportunity to help each other. I think this is this is a way that we can ensure uh a future of individuals that are, that are caring and kind and nothing less than save our world. <laughs> um, right. So,
2: I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: No, it's okay. So a caring hand and I really this is um I, I'm going to again put a plug uh www.caringhands.org. I um when I was very little, I actually witnessed the death of my grandmother. It was one of these, um, you know, as I said, I was from a large family. And, you know, it, this, it just happened that I happened to be there when my grandmother, who had been sick for quite a while, she was resting in her room. She was actually, I think, quite, quite relaxed and peaceful. I happened to be there and came into the room right as the EMT was announcing that uh, she, she had died. And I was only about seven, and I, you know, it's one of these things that had happened. And uh, in many ways, I think my parents were quite wise in that they they really allowed me to grieve when, you know, when I remember vividly just grieving, like coming up and talking about my grandmother, and my parents would just listen and would really allow it to come up when I needed to come up. And they didn't keep things separate. Like I went to the wake and I went to the funeral. And then years later, I didn't make the connection until I was literally in my first facility. I was facilitating a group for a caring hand. And because I found myself um, moving towards and working in hospice and palliative care and working with children who were losing, children who were facing grief. And so the two hadn't really connected until I realized when, like, why am I doing this? And I realized that there was a, a, there was a gift. And the gift that my grandmother gave me was I really experienced the peacefulness of an end of a life, you know. And so for me, death wasn't really scary. And that sort of in my bones, you know, it's something um, that I just knew. And so when I was working with children, uh, first in hospice care with, um, I was working with MJHS, hospice and palliative care, and I was working in, Working with, going into the homes and working with children there was just this solid sense of in myself that, um, that they were going to be okay you know and that, um, that death is a part of life and it's nothing to be scared of
2: do you help people in hospice I mean is this art therapy something or your work something that you've found some benefit with the hospice patients
3: Absolutely yes. I'd say actually, hospice helped me. Um, and uh, the last—it—it's just only been the last few years that I have—I'm not directly working in hospice, but um, for I guess since 2008, I was—I started off as a volunteer. And and actually, the article in the book, um, "Defining Moments for Therapists," is my essay about the very first portrait that I drew on the hospice hospice unit. So I, I had done the training. I was really motivated, but I had, a, you know, like, like a lot. Actually, it's a question that always comes up in my life is what am I going to do? <laughs>
4: right. So
3: I brought my pencils and my pad and I would, and a lot of, and the unit was, uh, was a Beth Israel's hospice unit at the time. And uh, it was a, um, um, so I would sit with, Uh, individuals who were at the end stages of life. And sometimes they really couldn't speak and they were, a lot of times I was just sitting quietly as they were sleeping or, and so I found myself drawing portraits. Um, And, and what was, it was very, um, it was really deeply rewarding because when I would show these drawings and I guess I can throw in a story here, I was asked to work with a man. Now, there's a, as you know, there's hospice, but there's also palliative care. And so this was a, there were some people who palliative care basically means that there's, um, that the person is, is, is terminal, but it could be a couple of years. It could be, you know, whereas hospice, the clinical definition is within six months. So in any case, this gentleman, I was introduced to him. I was visiting him at a nursing, uh, nursing care center, and I was told that he He couldn't speak, that he was survived. He had just, um, experienced a stroke and that he couldn't talk. So I had communicated and he, he nodded and acknowledged. I I offered that I could draw his portrait while he listened to music. So I gave him headphones and he listened to music. And when I finished the drawing and his music had ended, you know, he took off the headphones and I showed him the drawing. And I watched his whole face move and he leaned forward. And
2: he said, thank you. That's a very powerful story, Marianne. I, I have to share with you. I know that our listeners are more than intrigued by art therapy. And if they want to get more uh, information or to get help to change their life with your work, how would they get uh, in contact with you or set up a session?
3: Certainly. Uh they can visit my website, Listening Art New York. They can also call me. Uh, should I give my phone number? or?
2: Uh, if you want, uh, that's
3: – It's on my website. So. Okay. Well, go ahead. To go go to, ahead. You know, yeah. Let's go to my website, which is listeningartnewyork.com. Okay. And that's the best way to reach me. Um, I think on that, there's like a page that you can fill out, and that will come to me as an email. And my
2: phone number is there as well to make an appointment. Perfect. Well, I know that uh, you've you've done so many things to help people. Is there anything that you'd like to share with? We've got a couple of minutes, just two minutes left. Is there anything that you would like people to know, either about your practice or your uh, what they need to know to be happier and and healthier? Um.
3: Yes. There is this movement sort of a do it yourself and that's wonderful and I do absolutely there's a great great joy in making art but I would really encourage people to if you're thinking about art therapy to to you know pick up the phone you can call me or you can you know there's there's we're in New York City there's millions of incredibly talented art therapists it's about relationship so it's it's I really invite a person if you're you're feeling stuck. Just to know that you're not alone, and that, um, and that, trusting myself or a therapist is beginning a relationship of self-discovery and self-healing.
2: Well, thank you so much, Maryanne, for sharing yet another amazing modality that people can use to heal and grow. Uh, Your art therapy sounds wonderful. I I think I'm going to go out and buy some art supplies and just uh, finger paint something. Uh, (laughs) Give (laughs) me a call. (laughs) uh, Yes, and uh, everybody (laughs) should go to her her website, which is listeningartnewyork.com, and find out more about this wonderful work that she's doing. So we're going to have to close. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson, and we've been talking with Marianne Gunther about the wonderful art therapy modality that she's using to help people in such a profound way. So we'll be back next week, and God bless.